0: It's time for CBJ in 30 presented by Tel Ohio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGelligan. As the day went on yesterday, you knew that the Blue Jackets were going to be playing with their backs against the wall, right? I mean, Boone Jenner got injured on Tuesday, found out on Wednesday his broken finger required surgery. He's going to be out for six weeks, so that pretty much is the rest of the regular season. Then early in the day, it looked like it would be the same lineup as played on Tuesday except for Boone, but then as the day went on, David Savard was healthy scratched. Most likely because he will be part of a trade in the next coming days, and the Blue Jackets didn't want him to risk injury. So if there are two players that really exemplify Blue Jackets hockey and what it takes to be a Blue Jacket and the style that you have to play, I think we are in total agreement that those two players are Boone Jenner and David Savard. The Blue Jackets had neither of them in their lineup against the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. So you could expect it to be hard, but you can't expect to have your starting goaltender out of the game, five minutes and 41 seconds in, stopping two of five shots and putting you into a hole that you were never able to climb out of. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not pointing the finger at Jonas Corposalo only in saying that he is the reason the Blue Jackets got into such trouble early. No, he is part of the reason the Blue Jackets got into such trouble early. If you go to Tuesday, the team played fantastic in front of Korpisalo. If you go to last night, they didn't come close to playing fantastic. Odd Man rushes right away. And please, don't get me wrong. The Tampa Bay Lightning was a desperate team. The Lightning have struggled to score goals in general, and especially against the Blue Jackets in the last three meetings. They came out knowing they had to give a lot in that they had to get those points that were available. And to their credit, they went and they got them. So it was not just Corpus Allo, It was the entire play, or it was the play of the entire team. And it was Tampa just wanting it more, especially early. Wanting, needing, and expecting to set the tone of that game. That's exactly what they did. And as I said, the Blue Jackets were never able to recover. Part of the reason was Ryan McDonough. Four-tenths of a second left in the first period he scores. Four-tenths of a second. Make you wish for the old days when they didn't have tenths of a second on a clock, right? And then late in the second period, he scores again. Of the six goals, he was the only guy that had two. A little bit amazing, because when you look at the talent on that roster, you might think that there would be at least one more, but there wasn't. They spread it around, but I'll tell you the line that got the bulk of the points, the same line that chewed the Blue Jackets up and spit them out in the playoffs just a couple of months ago, and that is a line centered centered by Yanni Gord, who is flanked by Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. Coleman scored the first goal of the game really quick, like right away, boom, puck in the net, set the tone. Both Coleman and Goudreau had a goal and two assists. That's three points apiece. That's a total of six. Yanni Gord assisted on four goals. That line had a total of 10 points. So they did to the Blue Jackets last night, pretty much what they did to the Blue Jackets in last year's playoffs. And it's the first time. They they came alive for the first time in head-to-head meetings this year. I was wondering what the problem was. The answer is nothing. Just took them a while to get going, obviously. And even when the Blue Jackets, they they get it back to within two. Like on, on paper, it doesn't look that bad. If you just look at the final score of six to four. But Andre Vasilevsky made some saves that were like ridiculous. Some on purpose. Some by accident. But when you're that good, that happens. And the Blue Jackets just couldn't finish against him. They outshot the Lightning, believe it or not, on the night, but they lost the game. Now, I said in my broadcast last night, I would probably refer to this game for about eight seconds. I've gone way over that because it was tongue-in-cheek. We've got to talk about it. We have to talk about what happened to the Blue Jackets. I think that not having Jenner, but especially Savard, they knew yesterday, they knew after the game on Tuesday, Jenner was done. And Savard... They know what's coming. They all know what's coming. But knowing and having to deal with it are two different things. And I don't know that they were ready to deal with it. They will be from here on out. But I don't know that they were ready to deal with it. So, hey, it stinks. It stinks to be in this position. It stinks to have these kind of conversations. But it's been a while since we've been here, right? But uh, here we are at the moment and all the blue jackets can do is focus on Chicago and Chicago got walloped last night. Chicago lost Dallas won. not good. You don't control your own destiny. Nashville won. They beat Detroit seven to one. See, if you're a real playoff team, you play Detroit and that's what you do to them. You just, you light them up. You don't go in there and stub your toe once, and then stub your other toe the next day, and come out of there with zero points. That's the truth. That's just a fact, and that's what happened to the Blue Jackets when they went in there um, last weekend, or weekend before, whatever it was. So anyway, uh, the, uh, the, it's, it's, it's tough and nearing uh, more impossible with every day that goes by, but we shall see, Uh, The Blackhawks come in next for a game tomorrow night, first of two tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena. Coming up, I've got Allison Lucan, who is, uh, she's a freelance writer now. Uh, You see her on Twitter. Uh, She's been following this team closely for a long time and uh, does it from a different perspective than I do in many cases with the advanced analytics that I think that you know by now I'm not a huge fan of but I think you're going to be surprised. I was surprised when I talked to her about, I always talk about it being a combination where you have to have an eye test. I'm the eye test guy. I I watch a game and I'm like, good, bad, 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 good, good, good. I don't look at the numbers so much to prove that to myself. I'm just that darn good. But you know she, she breaks it down by that, and I've always said that it's a combination. You can't just run it strictly on analytics, and in this day and age, I guess you can't just run it on the eye test anymore. They've got to work together. You'll be surprised, as I was, how much they go together this season. I was shocked. You'll find out in just a few minutes. Right now, I've got to tell you about tellhio Credit Union. You know why I have to tell you about them? many reasons. Number one, they're good people. Number two, they do a good job. Uh, Number three, they bring you this show. But it's what they can bring you even more to the money. They can bring you uh, security. They can bring you, um, well, they're going to bring you to a place where you're going to feel good about where you are financially. It's as simple as that. And it started for them back in 1934. That's when they started putting people over profits and they have never changed way that they do business. Now, you might say to yourself, well, what's the difference between a credit union and a regular bank, and why should I join a credit union? Well, if you want to find out the answer to that question and many more, just go to their website at tellhio.org. You can surf around. You can get that answer about joining a credit union. You can see all the different services that they have. You can see the perks that they have that go along with those services. You can find out their current interest rates. All of it is right there online, and if there's something you can't find, during regular business hours, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Just click on it, and somebody will pop up on the screen to help you to navigate through and find what it is that you are looking for. That's what I mean. They are just a company that puts people ahead of everything else. Tell, tell Ohio Credit Union. You can find them on the web at tellhio.org. All right, without further ado, let's bring her in and... Uh, take a look at things from a little different perspective, the advanced analytics perspective and a lot more little trade talk, little coaching talk, all of it right here. As I'm joined by Allison Lucan, Allison, as I have broken down this, uh, se- this season in my head, as I've watched all these games, uh, I still don't know what to think. Here we are going down the final stretch here. I don't know what to think, but I know you have broken it down and put it into numbers. So maybe you can tell me what to think. Um, you know, I could say to you, why can't the Blue Jackets score goals? But that wouldn't be a question for this year. That would be a question for each of the last five years, probably. Just right now, they're not getting enough to win games. But when you when you look at this team and you analyze this team the way that you do, what do you see in this group?
1: Well, Bobby, I think it's a statement that it's come to this point, that you're looking to the numbers. It, it, this there's is no where other we're
0: answers. <laughs> is, there's nowhere else to go.
1: This is where we're at. This, no, I mean, again, and, and you and I love to debate this, but – the numbers aren't telling us many things that our eyes don't see. Um, They're telling us that this team is not taking, they're not generating enough quality offense. And interestingly, one of the things that I think the data is telling us that I find compelling is this idea of the odd man rush and the rush chance. And we always talk about this team preventing the odd man rush against that's always been the focus, right? But this is the fact that this team is one of the leaders in the league in the rush chance. But here's the problem for this team. That means there's no follow-up. There's no possession in the offensive zone. There's no second chances, which is how this team needs to score. And it's actually hurting them offensively. They're they're not creating those rebound chances. Um, And then, of course, we know another thing the numbers tell us, this team, particularly early, couldn't move the puck. They can't move the puck. And when they move it, now sometimes it pays off, like Cam's dump last game that leads to the ultimate goal. But it's a dump and chase team. And if you can't, again, get your team in the zone, you've got your one forward playing high to prevent the rush against, you're not creating sustained offense. You're not creating secondary third chances. And and that is what this team needs because they don't have the elite sniper
0: talent. Yeah, and that, that sums it all up right there. The second and third chances that are just non-existent and entering the zone. We always talked about entering the zone on the power play. That's been a huge problem for years. Um, actually I think in the last couple of games, they've gotten a little bit better at that part of it, but entering the zone just in general at the beginning of the year, like you said, it was getting out of their own zone. They couldn't even do that. Uh, the defense that was notorious for those quick little passes that would allow transition wasn't there that's returned, but still, once they get to that opposing blue line, sometimes it's like hitting a wall.
1: Yeah. And you know, and this is, you know, this is, and you talk to Torts much more than I do, but you know, this is one of the wrinkles I'd like to see come to a player like Patrick Line's game. I don't think the torts is trying to turn him into Boone Jenner, but Patrick line is a big guy, right? I'd love to see him be harder on the puck when he carries that puck through the blue, through the, the, across the blue line, into the offensive zone. Uh, too many times. I think we see guys stood up there and you've got to push through, play hard on that way. Artemi Panarin was five foot, whatever. And he could hold to the puck, carry that puck into the zone and create offense. I feel like the team is just giving that possession up too easily when they try and cross into the zone. Or they're dumping it, like I said, and then if no one's there, the chance is
0: lost. Quite frankly, Oliver Bjorkstrand carries it into the zone better than Patrick Line does.
1: Yep, 100%. And, you know, again, beating dead horses. But when Artemi Panarin left, Artemi Panarin was the puck carrier for this team. He leaves. Who was the puck carrier last year? Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's gone now. So someone has to step up and take on this role, and and they're still trying to find someone to step up and take on this role.
0: Yeah, take on that role and take on numerous roles. The the center ice position is a role that is, you know, it's now Boone Jenner is out. So, you know, that it's just when you thought it was as bad as it could get, no, it actually got worse. No Riley Nash, no Boone Jenner. So that's, uh, yeah, one of a million problems. Let's, let's talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois and Josh Anderson from your standpoint and Mm -hmm. like a a numbers standpoint What the numbers show how big of a loss have these two guys been for this team and the the things that they did within your analytics that that you can point at and say, yeah, look, here's, here's the evidence. Josh did this PL did this. Nobody's doing this stuff right now.
1: Well, it, it, let's start with what we just talked about the transition game. Both of those guys were key part of the transition. Then you take out a center which now the team is very depleted there, as you just said, this impacts the team's ability to play the way they want in the zone. Both of these guys too. And this is the stuff that you and I actually agree on that the numbers don't show. Those were two physical presence guys, and they demand attention in the zone. And, and some of these lines, regardless of the talent that the three forwards possess, they don't command. I mean, I was pointing this out the other day. There have been power plays where the opponent penalty kill just lets Patrick Laine stand over there because they're like, if we can smother the rest of this team, they're not even going to be able to get the puck to Patrick Laine. And so there's a physicality, there's a command of the ice, there's a command of space that is missing. Um, And Josh in particular, I think this is, now he was out last season and the whole team was injured last season, but Josh was a big part of why that penalty kill was so good for so long too. And that was a huge part of how this team actually did generate offense um, was their penalty kill. They were an aggressive, offensively-minded penalty kill. And he was one of those top four forwards there that really turned that penalty kill into a weapon. You turn that penalty kill into a weapon, weapon tactically, emotionally that starts to impact your opponent too. If you're, penalty, you're getting scored on when you're on the power play, that's demoralizing. And so when you take that weapon away from the Blue Jackets, the penalty kill, we saw it falter this year. They couldn't get it going as quickly as they needed to. Um, so I think that's another area of impact. I mean, those are, those are big losses in the things that you like to talk about and in the things I like to talk about.
0: You bring up the power play, and it's a really good point you make about line A. He stands there by himself. You look at Cam Atkinson on the other time. They're going to be two guys bearing down on him. I, I think in some cases, teams have even gone, okay, Jones, line A, they can do what they want to. If we can take away Atkinson on this half wall over here, if we can keep Felino from being able to make passes down low, and then whoever else is on there, Jenner was on that, that unit with those guys uh, for most of the last couple of weeks. We take, if we contain three, we contain five. Is that right?
1: I mean, that's, that's what my eyes tell me. I mean, it sounds like it's what you see, too, because you, know, you watch it. Patrick Lani is ready. If you can get a quality pass, which is a whole nother thing, let's make sure those passes are taped to tape. If you can get a quality pass to him, he's going to lay off that shot. And that shot is incredible. And, you know, that's, that's part of his key mission on this team is to have that shot on the power play, but he just stands there. I mean, just watch. And it's crazy. And if Seth can't get the puck from the other side, like with cam, or they can't get it behind the net, that's a key thing. And this power play did find success there. Think about, we didn't talk about this Alexander Wenberg, Didn't score, but he had the ability to distribute the puck, particularly from behind the net. And that takes away the goaltender's eyes. And to your point, if you take away those guys down low now who are there, you can't get that dangerous pass to Patrick Lina. He's just going to stand there all power play long.
0: I laugh when you say Alexander Wenberg, not because he had a hat trick last week against the Blue Jackets, but because the irony is this guy was bought out because he didn't fit within the salary structure he was going to be a third line centerman and the amount of money he was making, it doesn't justify being a third line centerman. The irony is if he was still on this team, there is no question he would be the number one center right now. Do you agree?
1: I, I do agree. And I, I think it's, it is a compelling mental exercise to think about him with Patrick line. Isn't it? I mean, I think yeah. that would have been a really interesting line and maybe you've got, I don't know, Felino on the other side of that line just for that physicality, that that little bit of bite to the line. Cause you would need that with line A and Wenberg out there, but um, that would have been really, I think that could have been some great fun to watch.
0: All right. I'm glad you bought brought that up because I want to ask you this. As you analyze games through the numbers, how is Oliver Bjorkstrand always overlooked? How does he wind up? I think Oliver Bjorkstrand needs to play with Patrick line. A. I don't care who they put in the middle. I think Bjorkstrand is, no offense, Cam Atkinson. Bjorkstrand's the more dangerous winger. That He's got that quick shot. I think he's going to score more, quite frankly. But yet, whenever they're juggling lines, who's the guy that always ends up third line, fourth line? It's Oliver Bjorkstrand. He, he ends up games with 13 minutes. I don't get it. What When you watch that and when you break it down the way that you do, am I right or am I wrong? So I think – I don't think you're wrong.
1: And I wrote a piece for First Ohio Battery this offseason that – Oliver Bjorkstrand is actually, even take away the scoring, he's one of their most important defensive pieces. And this is what Torts kept raving about last year, right? When he was talking about the players finally found his game, his ability to feed that transition play, get the puck up into the offensive zone, and then have the ability to finish is one of the best in the league. And there's quietly among the analytics community, there are people who will constantly bang the drum for Bjorkstrand because... He is, I mean, in our eyes, tell us this when we see him play, he is by the numbers, one of the more complete players in this league right now. And that's, as we have seen, and as we've talked about, if you can't play defensively, you're not going to be able to get to the other end to play offensively. And I would suggest that Oliver Bjorkstrand is overlooked and more so his ability to contribute defensively in the way that this team needs defensive contribution, which is drive it the other way is massively overlooked.
0: You mentioned Artemi Panarin earlier. Nobody learned more about how to play the game on this team than Oliver Bjorkstrand from just watching Artemi Panarin because he's not the same player. That's not what I'm trying to allude to here. But when I watch him battle on the boards now, Mm -hmm. I see a guy that is more similar to Artemi Panarin than Oliver Bjorkstrand ever was prior to Panarin's arrival. Do you agree?
1: A hundred percent. I see it in his choices with his feet, I see it with his body positioning. I see it with his, I always forget what was, there was a goal last season. You probably remember it It's home Bjorkstrand's on the right half wall and just powers through whoever had him man on man ends up scoring the goal. But what was more impressive to me than the goal was that work to work and not just skate around, not just break ankles, but to work around the opponent to get to the goal. And I do, I, I am completely with you. I think if we if you go back and listen to what he was saying in training camp about it two seasons ago, he was already telling us that's what he had done. He has Oliver Bjorkstrand strandized The really key parts of our Panarin's game. I think it's a, it's a real treat to watch. If you watch for it, you see it. You're, you're a hundred percent. Right.
0: And I think that's why it drives towards crazy because if Oliver Bjorkstrand can power off the wall through defender and score a goal. There's no reason Patrick Lane shouldn't be able to do it on the other side. So <clears throat> I get that, but yeah, I, I mean, I've, you know, Jody and I've talked about that a million times. How does Oliver Bjorkstrand get overlooked? I've asked Torts, how do you forget about Oliver Bjorkstrand for crying out loud? Because the way this team is set up, especially this year, if I'm making a line, he's on my number one line every time. That's that, I'm not even thinking about it for crying out loud, but I was interested in your take uh, on that one. So, so let me just ask you, we've, we've got the trade deadline coming up on Monday and this is one of the things I like about you because we can break it down and we can argue about Actually, we haven't argued about anything because the eye test has met the numbers in everything that we've talked about so far. Um, But one of the things I like is let's talk about what this team could look like uh, next week because it could look very different than it does right now. Um, I I think that you have an ability to do something that I don't necessarily have the ability to do. And that is I just look at it and I take all the feeling out of it and I just go, screw that guy. He's got to go and, and this guy, if this guy comes, that's great. And if he doesn't come the heck with it, um, you're, you're usually pretty better at uh, <laughs> using a little bit of feeling and heart with it, uh, with that. So, um, you know, when you hear the names of David Savard, maybe Nick Foligno, uh, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts about that? Cause I know there's the hockey part of it is you've got to get some return and the human part of it is dog on it. You like these players, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, it's interesting. It, I've actually had a little less heart this season than <laughs> I usually do.
0: So you're coming around. You're yeah. coming around. I'm, I'm
1: getting hardened. I'm turning. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm going to be right there with you, Bobby, <laughs> soon. No, I, you know, I think here's what I find interesting. What I find interesting, and it's maybe not the heart side. I thought that Torts' comments the past couple days on culture and the room are in some ways more concerning to me than even the stuff on the ice, because we know how much importance he places on that. We know what a big deal that he, we know how passionate he is about culture and leadership and communication. So when I think about, particularly a guy like David Savard, and this is something you and I see that, you know, fans don't necessarily get to see, he's a huge part of that room. He is a huge part of the energy and the lightness, the fun of that room. And for a group struggling to find fun, I think that trade from an emotional perspective, you really have to manage the impact of that for the guys who are going to be here next year because this is already a hard season for a million reasons. And this is going to suck a lot of the life out of that room, I think. Um, but you do, you have to trade him. This is a guy whose next contract is not one the Blue Jackets should pay. And that's with full respect to the player. But this organization is going to move on. They have to get some return. The Felino thing is more interesting to me you know, it depends on what Nick has expressed his interests are as well, too. Um, I struggle because I think Nick is a guy who knows. Um, and if you want to get emotional about it, this is a guy who knows his chances to win a cup are shrinking by the day in terms of number. If he wants to go and if, he, if a team that has a, is a really good contender wants him, we should wish him well right? I mean, this is the Rick Nash scenario again. Why, oh, no, why? No,
0: no, no, This is not the Rick Nash. The
1: emotion. Oh, stop. No, it's See, not. Here no, we go. This
0: is, listen, here we go. Is, look, I can get emotional. I can get emotional about Nick Felino. I agree, yes. but this is not, this is not, we stink and we can only get better by trading me. This is giving a guy, as you just said, it's giving him an opportunity to win something that doesn't look like it's going to be possible to get here this year.
1: Okay. How's that? Fine. That's good. But I, I think, I, it's,
0: yes, I think it's much different than that, but I'll just leave it at that for now.
1: <laughs> he, I th- I th- here's what I think is going to be interesting. Let's, let's see, keep bringing up back names. What I think will suck is if Nick Felino gets traded and doesn't get a proper goodbye, because, you know, you can talk about there's potentially opportunity for him to return in the off season, this and that, and the other thing. But if he doesn't, because who's to say, because Vinny Prospil was going to return there's our blast. Oh, from the this past. is
0: not the same either. Don't even. I didn't say it's on. the same.
1: No, listen. I didn't listen. say this is the same. Okay. Let me finish. Okay. Let me All finish. Right. My point is, people thought Vinny Proffel was going to return and then didn't. They so should me. asked me. Listen. <laughs> my point is, there were people, whatever. We'll discuss that offline. My point is, if Nick Felino leaves and doesn't know he's leaving and the fans don't know he's leaving and it's this abbreviated season and there's only so many people in the stands. That's gonna suck because I think in a perfect world, he's earned a really phenomenal goodbye whenever that happens, however, that happens.
0: Yeah, he does, he, he deserves that by far. Yeah. By the way, thank goodness Vinny Prosper never came back, wouldn't have mattered one bit. I, no, 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 Not I'm aware. I know. I'm di- there were I'm people in the ma- front just... office
1: at that time who said things that there were gentlemen's agreements.
0: Well, for the audience, you're welcome. The best thing happened.
1: I agree. I
0: agree. Okay. I'm not used to agreeing so much with you. It's really, really... I know. Should we bring um, up
1: maps, shot maps? That'll piss you off.
0: <laughs> you know what? Those shot maps are so ridiculous. Here we go. I was doing high school championship games and we were using shot maps, like in between periods. I wasn't going to break it down. I'm like, look, seriously, I don't need this to show me where the shots are coming from. I can see it. I see it all, you know? Now, it didn't look like – those weren't the weather maps that you bring out with the red and the blue and the hot and the cold and the cold fronts coming in. I, I mean, uh, this year I would imagine a lot of those Blue jacket shot maps were – look like cold fronts. Not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. Uh, what else with the um, – where do you see this team going? I mean, you know, John Tortorella, is he back? Is he not back? Um, no. You know, I, I, I'll tell you what I hate about – when it comes to him I I hate when people say that he has lost the room I don't think he's lost the room um is it time to change it you can make that argument with me and, and we can discuss that all day long but losing the room losing the respect and all of that I don't think that that is the case whatsoever especially with the core group in this room I think they respect him I think they they like to play for him um is it time to play for somebody else or not again that's a debate that is is worth having but uh it's not that he's lost anything do you agree
1: I do. And I think, you know, he talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago, I want to say, but just like this, what we're doing right now, like there's some pros to being able to do everything via Zoom from wherever you are. And there's some real drawbacks. And I think Torts is a guy who is really strong in reading energy, in reading body language. And he doesn't have that right now, if he's meeting with players over Zoom, you know, I, th- I think back to a story I wrote a couple years ago, and it was on the impact of coaches. And at the time, if players were speaking about a negative coaching experience, they used terms like mind games, or they said, you know, we didn't know where we stood, things like this. And while playing for torts may not always be fun, I think that I've come to understand what those players were trying to politically correctly say, which is, he tells it like it is, you know. And everybody knows. I think there's a real appreciation for that in this room. I think that particularly this core has a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, if it's time for a change, I mean, this is the last year of his contract too. He, he might be ready for a change. That's a very possible thing. And, and he's earned that right. But, um, I mean, you, you know, I'm a fan of torts too. So, um, I, I I don't think he's lost the room. I think that this has been a difficult season for a million reasons. Um, and and not everyone's been perfect, but I don't think, I, I'm not going to lay the blame at his feet by any means.
0: You know, the funny thing when you're talking about the, all these Zoom interviews, I've talked to him prior to every series of the season and, and we've had good conversations. And, you know, especially when he's in his hotel room away from everybody, you know, we can actually have a, conversation outside of what you see or what you hear, which is great. But I had not seen him in person until last week when I was in Sunrise outside the building. And of course it's after they lost four to two. So he was not in any, he and Brad Larson were talking and i like, I'm not near them because I'm not allowed to go near them, but we're in the same right. parking lot as a bus. Right. And, and I really, I got, I got in the car and I said to my wife, I go, that is the first time I've seen John Tortorella in person. All year this is yeah. sad and that's what the season is to me it's sad in many regards like that yeah. uh never met max domi never met michael delzato exactly, I, exactly. Have, we, have we talked sure we've talked and we've had interviews like that but you don't the personal aspect of the game which i think in this game I, I think in hockey especially and i've done the other sports i i think the personal aspect is more important in this game than the other games and and that's not there and i think that comes with teammates and coaches mm-hmm. and all around
1: A hundred percent. I mean, you know, and I think too, like you said, like there's even stuff like in a normal season, we would see an Alexander Wenberg walk through the hall and be able to say, Hey, Winnie, how you doing? You know, and even, you know, look, people in media get a hard time all the time and often rightly so for what people don't think are great questions, but it's harder to ask the questions, whether it's just through a sidebar conversation or a one-off quick, Hey, can I just ask you about this thing? To really get a feel for the room, to really understand what's happening, and like you, like I've never met, we've never met these new guys. I, I've, Max Domi and I could walk past each other down the street, and he wouldn't know who the heck I am because we've never seen him. And and it is sad. There, there's a richness to the experience. I think for everyone involved, that's missing, whether it be teammate to teammate, coaches to players, fans to team. I think that the separation is real. The impact is real in in a way that is the is the secret sauce that makes sport the thing that we love so much
0: I want to go back to the torch thing for just a second here because you were talking about when the day comes that Nick Felino leaves he deserves a great send-off um, whether that time is soon for John Tortorella or whether it's further down the road I think that he deserves the same thing um, you know I, I came here my first year here was Ken Hitchcock's last year here but When you look at the history of this franchise in the 20 years and all the coaches that it has had. And I know Ken Hitchcock gets a lot of credit. He took them to the playoffs for the first time, but I think to this point and now 20 years from now, there there might be another name, but what John Tortorella has done here in the last six years, I I think is immeasurable because he took this from being um, a team that just played 82 games in the national hockey league and didn't care if they made it well, I shouldn't say didn't care, but if they made it to the playoffs, that's awesome. If they didn't, Oh, right. well we tried. Uh, he created expectations and um, you know, the, and I think that that is something that's going to live on. And I, I remember him telling me that in the very first year in a, in the dressing room after a dinner with season ticket holders that won a contest, he told me, he said, we're going to change this in here. We're going to change mm-hmm. this whole culture. And I, it was the third time, maybe the fourth time I'd heard it. And I'm like, Oh, sure you are. Okay. I didn't know him then. Right. I'm like, Oh right. yeah, you're going to change it. I've heard this. He has changed it. So uh, whenever that is, again, if it's,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: it's uh, in a couple of weeks, if it's in a couple of months, if it's in a couple of years, uh, I think this, this city and this franchise should be uh, indebted to him for changing that culture.
1: Oh, I agree. And, and you know, I'll bring numbers back into it for a minute. This is a team that under his leadership has often overperformed what maybe the talent on the ice should have brought out there. Look at last season. Look at the rosters that were coming out on the ice. With all due respect, I mean, any AHL player is better than 10,000 of all of us, but those were challenged rosters because of so many injuries. Look at what he got this organization to do. Um, this is a team that has overperformed in many ways. I'm with you. I think he set a standard for culture. I think he set a standard for performance. Um, and I think that maybe what fans maybe don't see as much, and, and I know you see it because you know we're looking at things from a national perspective, and we're hearing from people at a national perspective too, John Tortorella brings eyes to this franchise. He brings awareness of this franchise to people who maybe, you know, who are your old school, you know, original six or whatever. People pay attention to Columbus, whether it's because of John's quote, or it's a torts thing. And that is beneficial to growing the reputation of this organization. And I think that that will be missed. Our jobs won't be as fun when he's gone because he certainly is a fun person to talk to. He's never boring. He's never boilerplate. And um, I think it could take some time because I could certainly see the organization being sensitive to, you don't want to stomp all over whoever the brand new coach is whenever that happens. But um, yeah, if if this is a coach that should be heralded by this organization for for quite some time, even with what the future brings.
0: I'm glad you brought that up about him bringing... Awareness of this franchise to the league that that's why I would keep him. I, you don't have that star player right now. Let's be honest about it. You just don't. So you're, you're just one amongst 32 without John Tortorella. You're, you're one amongst three to five with John Tortorella because Mm -hmm. of what he might do. Yeah. And sometimes look, it's as they say, any publicity is good publicity. Just spell the name right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last thing I want to ask you about because fans get so caught up in this and I I get questions about it all the time and I'm tired of getting questions about it. I keep telling people just stop, knock it off. I don't want to hear it anymore. Quit crying, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Players that want to leave and they want to go somewhere else and they Mm -hmm. want to play. Um, Because look, let's be completely honest about it. Seth Jones has one more year on his contract. Haven't heard a peep out of him. Don't expect to hear a peep out of him, but that's going to be a, a major thing. Uh, If they can get him re signed and kept here, I just said they got no star players. He qualifies. Patrick Line is going to qualify. What are they going to do with him? Uh, You know, but do people get too wrapped up in that and get all, you know, emotionally hurt that like people don't actually like Columbus and they don't want to be here? Because what I always say if you win, if you win, people don't care where they play. Um, What are your feelings on it?
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I know it's not the first time the quote's been said, but I always credit Brandon Dubinsky who said it in the room one time. He said, "Winning fixes literally everything." <laughs> but you know, yes, I, I. Here's the thing: I think it's an easy out because we living. I love Columbus. I was born here. I moved away for some time, but I came back by choice because I love it here. Um, but I think that it's it's easy for us to feel like oh, people don't like us. It's Columbus for whatever reason, you know. People don't know what the Midwest is all about. They may not know what Columbus is all about. I love this city. Don't take that out. Ask yourself the harder questions. If someone leaves, why? And oftentimes we can explain those answers. We know the stories behind Sergei Bobrovsky, Artemi Panarin, et cetera, Matt Duchesne. We know these stories why.
0: And- Which, way, Thank goodness two of the three of those guys left, but continue please.
1: A hundred percent. But you know, I think, I think don't, don't assume it's the city because here's what I always say the reality is too these players, many of them don't live full-time in any city that they play in across the league. That's not the norm. And it's not like no one does it in Columbus. And when they're here, half the time they're not here because they're on the road in a normal season. And when they're here, a lot of that time is either in the rink or sleeping as it should be. It's not like they're living here. Like we may live here as much and they hate it. Now I'm sure there's guys who don't like it, but there are certain cities I don't like either. So let's take it off Columbus and let's say, what else might need to be fixed? And to your point, it's winning, you know, making sure these guys have what they need. And I'm not saying they don't by any means at all, but if guys leave, let's understand the why. And again, this is where having national attention matters. If you can have a voice that is heard and given airtime on a national basis, the truth of the stories gets out there versus the perception. Um, but I think we need to move past thinking it's just the city understand the why. And if the why ever reveals a problem, let's investigate that problem. Um, But I'm, I'm past the, no one likes Columbus argument. I just don't have time for it anymore. Yeah,
0: I I don't either. And it's like St. Louis, people are like, they want to play in St. Louis. I could never understand that. Listen, and and this is what I'm told. And John Davidson would say this all the time. St. Louis is really nice when you get to the suburbs. Exactly. Because you've been to the downtown in St. Louis. Like if, if somebody said, Hey, you're going to live here and you're going to stay in this building right here, downtown, I'd say, no, I'm going to do anything but that. That's right. Quite honestly. Um, That's right. But guys like to go there. Guys are retiring there. You know, they have a lot of alumni that live there. And let's, you know, here, there's 13 alumni now that are living in Columbus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Derek Dorsett's coach in high school hockey. Uh, Mark Letestu is back and I'm sure is going to do something uh, in hockey around here. Rick Nash is back here and he's working for the team. So, So guys are coming back. If it was so terrible, they wouldn't. Does it need to be an older guy that has a family do they enjoy it a little bit more appreciate it a little bit more maybe so that's true but again those young guys if you're winning games like you said the, the young guys now they got so much money if you don't if you have four days off and you don't want to stay here you go, go somewhere on a plane 100 percent. go to the beach go to new york city go to la go to vegas do whatever you want to just mm-hmm. make sure you're back for practice right
1: a hundred percent and you know like said, like just like you said like I could tick off plenty of the 31 NHL's current NHL cities that I do not want to live in. And that's yeah. my preference. And, and everybody's list could be different. So again, I'm over the, it's Columbus argument. I think we need to not, not take the easy way out. That's all yeah, I'll say.
0: I agree. I was born in Pittsburgh. And if somebody said, why don't you go back there and live? Oh, I'd no. Go, no, I don't think no. I will. I just think I'm happy here. I think it's, it's all good. Um, I think I've covered it all. I think uh, I think we touched on a lot of good things. We agreed way more than I thought we were going to agree today. Part of that's disappointing. I'm sure I could bring up something that we would disagree on, but that would
1: <laughs> we can argue later. We can argue later.
0: Oh, it's good to talk to you though, because we haven't in some time. Uh, again, we look even when you're at games. We're not all hanging out together and talking in the hallway yep. anymore, and you know, solving the world's problems and breaking it down. And and I I miss that too because it, it's so wonderful how either. A team or a player can just suck in the first period and he's the worst player and it's the worst team and you need to get rid of guys and by the end of the second period uh, second intermission comes you're like wow well, you know that that guy played really well that was that yep. was really nice change so i miss having those conversations yep or there's
1: like one thing and we all just walk down each other way, Did you see that and we're like yep yeah. mm-hmm. and then-
0: <laughs> we're all so smart yeah <laughs> There's, we're so smart. Where we sit, we could score 50 goals. Every one of us, no doubt. See,
1: about that's it. what's missing is our coaching and general managing from the press level is clearly the influence that's been missing.
0: Torch would totally disagree with that, but oh, I'm, 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 I'm I'm with you on that. Speaking Somewhere of general, he's twitching. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of general managing, uh, I'm. We'll finally hear from Yarmo, I guess, here in the next couple of uh, days. Yeah. Which he's been. Uh, he's been very quiet, rightfully so. I can't wait to see what kind of work. That he does. Quick prediction before he goes. Is this team going to look a lot different come trade deadline, three uh, o'clock Monday?
1: Uh, I think two players are no longer on the roster, but I'm not sure which two. But that's I, not a big change, little, m- minimum, medium change.
0: But am I right when I say the three players would be Savard, Felino, Delzato? Yes see that we're in agreement again we got to stop this this is too much agreeing i can't well
1: you've just you finally learned
0: see oh i did to... what the... oh we are going to have one argument for us here we go what did what did i finally learn
1: you're thinking about the game the right way now
0: <laughs> my eyes tell me yeah my <laughs> eyes tell me no allison thank you it's been uh it's been so much fun is there uh, where can where can people find your work i know you're freelancing now so uh where can they where can they find you Yep,
1: so uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Allison L. I put all my work through there um, and have the opportunity to write some for First Ohio Battery as well. So we appreciate them. Um, It's all there for you to find.
0: All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Great to have uh, the debates and let you get back to your cartoon world.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much, Bobby. I really appreciate you having
0: me. You see, I told you that was a fun conversation. And I was really surprised at how many times the numbers and the eye test went together. And is that a good thing or a bad thing this season? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out uh, as it goes along and beyond this season and into the offseason and into next year. So uh, a lot of things to break down, a lot of things to to wait and see what's going to happen with those things, right? Uh, As the Blue Jackets, you know, if they're going to make deals and they're going to get draft picks, then what are those draft picks going to turn out to be? Uh, who are they going to turn out to be? How will those players then turn out to be? A uh, lot, of, lot of things, a lot of unknowns right now uh, for this Blue Jackets team and this franchise. But uh, it is questions that are going to be answered as we go along. And I think that you'll agree with me that there are some of the answers that we are just not going to like. There are going to be answers that we think are wrong, answers we don't like. And then there will be Answers that make us feel comfortable and answers that make us feel happy as it goes along, but it's all part of the process, as they say, and we'll see what happens with it all. But uh, thanks to Allison Lucan for being my guest today. Uh, you heard where to find her on Twitter and uh, her contact information where you can read her stuff. Listen, Monday, another Monday mailbag. Don't forget to get me your questions. I don't, I'm not asking you to send them in like today or tomorrow or even early Sunday. Um, there are some of you that hold them until late, late on Sunday night. And I'm just asking you to, uh, to make it a little bit earlier. Like, honestly, if you could have them in by six o'clock on Sunday night, that would be great because I'm going through and I'm, I'm filing them and I've got to move them to to other spots and then bring them into the show and all that stuff. So I just, and I'm asking you that not even to make it easier on me. What I'm asking you to do that for is because I don't want you to get left out. I I hate nothing more than I just get done doing the show and I'm getting ready to post it. And all of a sudden I look at my email and there's one more question that I could have answered. And, And many times it's a really good question. It was really pertinent and it didn't make the cut. So I want you to make the cut. So get me your questions you can do it uh, on Twitter or on Instagram at Bobby BobbyMaxSports, and I'll put out reminders and you can just you know, reply to those and, and send your question right there. Or if you want to get creative, and a lot more people are, and I like it, I, I actually really like it a lot. Uh, you can take your phone, you can record a voice memo on your phone, and you can email it to me. You can also do the same thing with a short video. You know, the show is audio and video now. So if you want to make a short video and be on the show that way, you can do it again. Email those to me. Bobby Mac, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C at Blue It's very simple. And I've said this before and I haven't said it for a while. Don't be embarrassed. Just just do it. Just record it and send it to me and we'll have a good time with it. Um, and you'll be part of the show. I mean, it is all about the show's about you guys. The show is about, especially the Monday mailbag, um, for me to educate, for me to uh, answer, for me to learn from you, the whole nine yards. So I want you to be a part of it. So uh, if you give me those questions, especially by, like I said, around six o'clock Sunday evening, Eastern time, I forget people are watching this all over the world. So Eastern time, Sunday evening, that would be awesome. All right. So that is my only request from you. But my thanks, of course, goes out to you, as always, for being here and uh, tuning in to the show. And I will be back to do that Monday mailbag for you uh, coming up after the Blue Jackets take on the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena. That's a game that gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow. want to watch it on Valley Sports Ohio. want to listen to it on the Blue Jackets Radio Network. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 in both places tomorrow night. That's going to do it for today's CBJ and 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McKelly. saying so long.